Good evening, godless sodomites. Hey, welcome to the Excommunication Station. I'm your host, Chaz. And today we have our very first episode in what I'm going to title our Voices series. We give you the opportunity to tell us your stories of the weird, wild, and wicked things that you went through while growing up in the church. Our guest today is Antonio. Now, Antonio is a guy that I met online, which sounds weird coming out of my mouth right now, but over Instagram, and we bonded over our love for The Cure, and he was a listener to my Cure podcast, The Holy Hour, and we had him on, and then he had me on his All Cure podcast called Fascination Street, and we bonded even more over our love for hardcore and punk music. As well as, and I was surprised by his confession of growing up in the church. So instantly, I decided that I wanted to have Antonio on as one of our first guests. And I wanted to hear some of his stories. But instead of getting into his stories about his love for Carmen or Striper, we got into some more personal stuff, which I really appreciate. And I thank Antonio for being so open. I know sometimes it's hard. But you know what? That's why we're here, and uh, we hope if you have a story, we want to hear it, and we hope that you want to come on and join us. And right before we go into the interview, uh, I'd like to apologize for any audio issues, still working on this, still learning how to do this, and Antonio and I ran into some recording issues, but it's all good. Uh, You can still hear us. Uh, Hopefully you'll be able to make out what we say, and again, thank you Antonio so much for coming on. And stick around till the end uh, for Antonio to plug some of the things that he's doing right now. And hopefully you'll be following along like I will. And lastly, and hopefully the good Lord will forgive me, I must apologize that we forgot to do something very, very important. And that is to pray. So everyone, bow your heads. And if you're driving right now, let Jesus take the wheel. Father, we pray over the electrical systems. We pray over the electricity will not go out in this building in Jesus' name because of storms or any other reason. I just pray over this equipment. We speak over the PowerPoint presentations, all of the video projectors, and we say, devil, we know what you love to do in meetings like this, and we say you will not, in Jesus' name, you will not prevent this message from going out. No microphone problems in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. Today we're joined by Antonio. How are you doing? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, So this interview series that I'm doing is with people that used to grow up in the church um, and are now out and about and finding their way outside of that construct. And I'm interested in everybody's backstory and trying to find some kind of relatability and also trying to help people and all that other jazz. So give us some background on your, on yourself. Where are you from? All right. So I am from Long Island, New York. Um, okay. I am 43 now. So I was born in 78. And uh, when I was a baby, my mother, who was an atheist hippie, um, <laughs> you know, she, she went to Woodstock. Uh, she marched on Washington with Martin Luther King. 
Um, oh, wow. My yeah. father was um, uh, half Puerto Rican and half African. My mother is 100% Italian. So growing up in the 70s, obviously, um, you know, they had a hard time. Um, yeah. You know, going to restaurants and bars and whatnot. And at one point, I'm not really sure why they chose to move to California. But when I was a baby, we moved to California. Okay. And there, my mother kind of got swept up in um, the, like, born-again Christian movement that was going okay. on um, in, like, near Tarzana, California. Um, you know, if you, if you look up, like, late 70s, there was a, a lot of revival going on in California at the time. So, yeah. you know, I was... Uh, you a lot know, of that, cults, that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you weren't a serial killer, you were... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you were involved in a cult. You, you were in another cult, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so my sister was born there. Um, my mom just wasn't feeling California. And then, you know, as a freshly, quote-unquote, you know, saved, born again, we, you know, moved back to Long Island. Um, so the church was a part of my life from before I could kind of speak. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think only my my I think, uh, preschool was not a Christian school. Um, so okay. Fr- uh, from from kindergarten on, I went to a small Christian school uh, here on Long Island, and uh, it was like in the, you know basement of a church kind of school. Yeah, you know, you know yeah, not even yeah. one of those one of those big ones. Um, I, I, I did end up in one of those later on, um, in junior high and, and the beginning of high school, but, uh, that was kind of that. So yeah, we were at church yeah. every Sunday, um, you know, like a gospel church. Uh, it, it definitely taught me a lot. Um, I really got into music because my mother played music and, uh, I loved to, to sing and emulate that stuff. And then she would put me, you know, in the choir in church and, and in school. So, you know, music was a big part of my life, uh, you know, at a very young age, even involved in the church. Uh, so what, what type of denomination was it? Uh, born again. Born so, again. So like, yeah, born again, Christian. Okay. okay. You guys didn't have like a, you guys weren't like Assembly of God or, um, or anything I, actually, like that? Actually, that, that church was uh, a full gospel church, full gospel. Okay. Christian. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that, that was uh, that church. There was a couple uh, in my life, you know, there was one then later yeah. on. Um, but that's kind of, uh, you know, where our roots were. So the, the, the church had a school. So we ended up in that school and I was, you know had to wear a tie and a button down shirt and yeah you know obviously i didn't i didn't get the benefits that the money of big catholic schools had so i mean we didn't we didn't really have sports we didn't have this we didn't have that you know it was um definitely unfortunately probably a subpar <laughs> education to boot as i <laughs> as now an adult i look back and i'm like man you know how much of it was it uh, was it directed to the Bible, like your science classes and math classes and history classes? Uh, very much so. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, you're talking, this is even at the time in the 80s where you could paddle kids. 
Oh yeah, yeah, I know. I got I got I got spanked more than once uh at school. So yeah, unfortunately I kind of skid by without a paddling there. Um I definitely oh, somebody was good. No, I mean I had I had my fair share of stuff, but I kept it on the down low, you know? Um uh, yeah. I mean, I was always I mean I'm not like bragging or anything, I was always a good kid. You know, yeah. my my mom, you know, uh, we were, I was one of three from my, from my mother. Um, mm-hmm. my father had lots of kids spread out throughout the country. He was, okay. kind of, he was kind of a rambling man. Now he was yeah. not involved in the church at all. So, oh, so this is just your mother. Okay. Just my mother. And now okay. my father kind of left when I was around three and a half or four. Okay. And I had two younger siblings. Like we were right, like one, two, three, boom, boom, boom. Uh, so we had to live with my grandmother and my grandfather and my mom. We had, you know, kind of like the split level house or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, my grandfather wasn't really into the church. My grandmother would go, but she was more of a, I'm kind of a Catholic, but I, you know, I, I see the similarities. So I'll go to your thing to my mom and she's wanted us to go to the Christian school. So she would help pay for it. Cause you know, in her eyes, it was a better education, or maybe we wouldn't, you know, have the hardships of public school or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, that, yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah, so it yeah. it it was, you know, it it definitely gave me some grounding, I guess you could say. Like I never really gave my mom a hard time, and um, did I fight with my siblings? Yeah, did I? you know, get into arguments at school. Absolutely. But half the time, the arguments now, I was a super skinny kid with braces, but I would still, I was always the one that had the balls enough to stand up to the bigger kids when they were picking on other kids. So that's kind of where my, my trouble would come in. But I was always like, yeah, but I'm kind of doing what like Jesus would do anyway. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, he was sticking up for the little guy. I'm sticking up for the little guy. So, you know, like, fuck you, (laughs) you know? So it was, uh, it was an interesting childhood, I guess you could say. I'm not, uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I, it was tough not having my dad in my life because after my dad left, he kind of was just out, you know? Um, and my mom went back to school and so we were kind of left on our own a lot with my grandparents. But, you know, I, I had to, you know, we couldn't watch a lot of the movies that my friends could watch. We couldn't listen to a lot of the music. Yeah. Yep. You know, and yeah. which it's like now as I'm older and a parent, I, I think to myself, my mom was still listening to like the Beatles and like. You know, that was her heyday's, like, wild sexual revolution band, and they were singing about drugs and stuff, and that was okay. But, yeah. but, but you know, uh, Guns N' Roses and, like, you know, like what was going on rock and roll and metal-wise, no, no, that's the devil, that's this, that's that, you know. Um, so being someone that loved music, I was unfortunately, I think, being held back on – getting into my own music until later in life when I could kind of get stuff on my own. You yeah. Know? So it, it was frustrating, you know, and I, I, you know, I was being brainwashed to believe all that stuff. So there was part of me that was like, Oh, I guess it's what's right. But then there was this like burning desire to like hear this stuff. And this other music was hitting me like, you know, the Christian music couldn't. You know, oh, I, yeah, I yeah. liked some of the bands. I mean, my my one of my first concerts was Striper. You know, like 
So what that, year was that? God, that was probably um, I want to say '87, maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, I still have it to hell with the devil T-shirt. That's like a super small, but uh, <laughs> you know, and, it, yeah. and now it's like a really cool relic. And I'll still rock that stuff sometimes. Like from a listening standpoint, it's it's always a fun like nostalgia because I mean they were great musicians. They were emulating the you know the hair metal that I wanted to be listening to, um, you know, and and discovering my own music. So there was some good stuff there. And then you know we went to a bigger Christian school later in life, junior high and high school called South Shore Christian School. Now, okay, um, that school ended up. Um, you know, it was a little bigger, there was sports, it was a little more stuff, but then I'm now, you know, you're becoming a teen and you're coming into your own. There were, there was more kids that were allowed to, that, you know, they were kind of allowed to listen to this and to do that. So that kind of gave me a little bit more freedom. You know, the school wasn't in my town. You had to take like a longer bus there. And now I had friends from all over instead of just um, my neighborhood, yeah. which was kind of yeah. cool. Um, you know, because then I wasn't just stuck in my little neighborhood all the time. And there I ended up having a couple of friends, my friend John Nolan and my friend Jesse Lacey, both who, like, let's fast forward a little bit and a little background on me. <laughs> they were in a band with me called Taking Back Sunday. So um, I was the original singer in that band, and I brought John into the band and Jesse. I kind of got them into the scene um, yeah. as I was getting into it, you know, they were hanging out with my sister and going to fish concerts, <laughs> you know, and starting to become <laughs> hippies. And I'm like, no, 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 don't go that route. Uh, <laughs> come here. Here's the get up kids and the promise ring. And, you know, and kind of got yeah. them into, you know, like Fugazi and what, you know, but the first show I brought them to was like vision of disorder. And they were like, mm. Like what the hell is this? Um, That's a little bit of a, a of a difference between you yeah, know. way different. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, so I I built some good friendships there. Those guys also played and loved music and, uh, but you know, in that school too, I was getting in trouble for stuff like I went to go see The Crow when it came out and I talked about oh, it yeah. in school, yeah. and then I was getting ridiculed because I was talking about a movie of a guy who came back from the dead and only Jesus can do that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I know. (laughs) I was the bad guy. Um, Well, you still are, so it's all good. Yeah. So it was, you know, my my background was like that through most of high school, but then finally, eleventh and twelfth grade, I went to public school. We just couldn't afford the Christian school anymore, and um, you know that kind of helped lead me into getting into like the punk rock and hardcore scene, and now I was finding like you know, new friends and a new brotherhood, you know, I still was kind of in church. I kind of always still had one foot in because you had that fear factor. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was basically being told if I didn't do this, I was going to literally burn in agonizing hell for the rest of my life. So having that drilled into me always kind of like was like, you know, maybe the anchor wasn't there anymore, but I still had this giant chain slowing down the ship of my life, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a um, something that I've talked about with uh, Donovan and Christy, the other two people that do the podcast with me, about how even today it's still, there's still like this twinge of fear sometimes that come in 
Like, if you, like, we talked about going into a room when nobody was there, and, like, you thought the rapture happened, and, like, you're just, like, you're, like, and, like, nobody has that rational fear that didn't grow up in that kind of environment. Like, if you have, like, 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 I say normal people, but, like, like, my wife, like, if I tried to explain that to her, like, she would have no context whatsoever to base it off of, so... Yeah, yeah, like, so were you yeah. forced to watch those movies, like <clears throat> Oh Ethan yeah, and Night and Left Behind? We're gonna, we are going to do a Twitch stream to watch those movies uh, in the future, yes. Definitely uh, let me know. My sister and I are, will drink a bottle of whiskey and watch it with you. The first, what was there, A Thief in the Night, then there was, um, I know that they were all under that banner of The Thief in the Night, but there were, like, other different prodigal son or something yes, like that yeah. was one of them uh-huh. i remember watching three of them this girl that was in my class her mother was getting those and like we had a whole bunch of kids over to watch it that's really fucked up but like but they had a whole bunch of kids over just to watch that the first movie and, and did they did they also make you watch rock's primal scream no Ooh. Okay. What is what is that? That is a music documentary about devil worship in all all those songs in in like uh playing the songs backwards and backwards masking and how What's the name of that again? Uh Rock's Primal Scream. Rock's Primal Scream. I'm wondering if this is the one my mom watched. Like they played Queen, another one bites the dust backwards, yeah. and they say it says it's fun to smoke marijuana, um, and they talk yeah. about Kiss being knights in Satan's service. This, yeah, that had to be the one my mom was. I came in the room one time and she was watching it, and she made me get out of the room. Um, that that yeah. was what I I was forced to like watch to try to get me not to get into secular music. Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. just. I mean, it's just. It, it it's now as a as a parent I'm like wow that is like fear that is manipulation that is like yeah um it was pretty pretty intense you know and I remember even being like at a youth camp and they were talking about like you know they were, they had kids bring their like cassettes and stuff and oh, burn yeah. them in like a ritualistic <laughs> way and I'm, I've seen a lot of smash CDs and cassettes and yeah back when like, I was younger even yeah. to the yeah. point where I remember one of them saying. Like, talking about Frank Sinatra, and... Whoa, okay, yeah, we didn't go that... Well, I don't know. They were like, my way, no, it's God's (laughs) way. I could see something like that, yeah. I remember I got in trouble one time for writing Beck lyrics on, like, a piece of paper, and it was, like, two lines, and, like, I got it back to me, circled and, like, crossed out, and it said, like, where's Jesus? And I'm just, like, uh, it was just, like, two... I I don't even remember the lyrics, but it was something so stupid that I had heard on the radio. Um, yeah, just because I I don't know about you, but like for listening to punk rock and stuff like that, it had to be all done in secret. Yeah. Um, but like not even punk rock, but like when I first had access to the radio and like MTV by myself, uh, which wasn't until I was 
maybe 12 or 11, I tried to record as much stuff as I could. Oh yeah. So me too. If, yeah. I mean, luckily yeah, so we like had, I, luckily we had an, uh, an older like teenage, uh, babysitter from next door that, would you know because like sometimes my mom was taking night classes and then my you know oh, so okay. my grandparents didn't have to watch us and that's where like mtv was on like i remember like i remember the premiere night of the thriller video if oh, my wow. mother knew we were watching that oh my, <laughs> she would have lost it you know yeah. but yeah. that that was you know a lot of that was such a an opening thing to me um and then you know seeing um you know, seeing like uh, the cure, uh, you know, like just like heaven video. I mean, yeah. uh, I think that yeah. was the first time I actually like, like physically saw them, uh, like you know <laughs> what they looked like. We didn't have the internet, yeah. You know, yeah. So I was like, oh my god, you know, um, and then, you know, from there, as getting a little bit older, my mom, again, I wasn't a bad kid, so she was giving me less and less trouble about that stuff and sometimes it was one of those things now for her it was like out of sight out of mind if i didn't blast it she didn't she could overlook it but if she came into my bedroom i had a seven foot boys don't cry poster (laughs) you know um but then when i was getting into the hardcore scene i immediately hit her with the straight edge movement and all of a sudden she oh, oh okay you can hang out with these kids Ma, these kids are against drugs and alcohol and straight edge and, you know. So that was also like a good window for me. And then, you know, luckily I had older friends that didn't mind coming to my house. They met my mom. My mom loved to feed the whole neighborhood, you know. She was 100%. She is 100% Italian, loves to cook. You know, she never turned anybody away. Um, She's a, is a great woman. I, I, I love her, but you know, this stronghold of religion that she had and that she had over us, you know. So luckily, like, when she would, she felt comfortable with me then, like, okay, you can go uh, to to a concert with Bryce. You know, he's a good guy. Yeah. You know, like, she had to, like, vet them, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I get, I get all that because I remember, you know, my, my mom and stepfather seemed to back off a little bit like once I got involved in straight edge and they figured out what it all was or like not figured out but that listened to what I said it was but like even then it was still rocky but it was you know she would find music of mine and then destroy it or throw it out uh we got in a huge fight over a dead Kennedy CD one time and you know like stuff like that and then yeah a lot of like i just kept a lot of it quiet for the longest time but um yeah being conditioned like at a at a younger age of what's right and wrong when it comes to pop culture is is something that i don't really push on my kids now like i i just like whatever they like i kind of let them like you know so i I was born in 80, so my my grandmother died in 85, and He-Man was really big at that time. And my grandmother bought me a Grizzlore uh, action figure for the last Christmas that we were together. And my stepfather threw it in the garbage. 
oh, uh, be- because it was from Satan. It was of Satan. And so, like, that shit went on all the time when I was a kid. And, like, uh, we weren't allowed to watch a lot of things and couldn't watch a lot of movies. And, and yeah, the music was all censored. Oldies was, at best, the best I was going to get as far as music went. You That's know, what I'm saying. Um, My mom loved, like, Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, The Beatles, yeah, like, yeah. Joe Cocker. And I'm like, these guys are all drugged up. And they're all singing about yeah. sex and drugs. <laughs> and, like, that was okay. But if they were wearing, you know, they were wearing spandex makeup, or, yeah. spandex, and had, you know, an electric guitar, it wasn't okay. Yeah. But the same same thing goes for, like, I couldn't, I could watch G.I. Joe till you know, till midnight because they were, you know, they were violent, but it was okay. But, you know, He-Man wasn't okay. You could watch a violent movie and it was cool. But as soon as you watch one with like like a tit in it or, uh, you know, anything that was questionably ungodly, because violence is cool, exactly. you know, that was wrong. Like we could so. watch Arnold Schwarzenegger like in Commando all day, every yeah. day, you know, yeah. with, with him yeah. like killing people because it's okay because they kidnapped his daughter. But dirty, yeah. but dirty dancing. Uh oh. No way. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. You know, my sister had to sneak that one with the babysitter, you know? Um, <laughs> or or the the insane, like, I'm gonna watch the movie with you, but I'm gonna cover your eyes during the bad part stuff. Oh yeah, that was that was great. Yeah. I, I had a friend in in school that would get like the big blockbuster movies and edit all the like nudity out of it so we could so we could watch That's dedication. it dedication. Yeah. So like, so that was like the cool thing that he did with us. So like we were able to watch Braveheart without, so we could watch all the violence in that, except for the scene where, uh, his wife gets undressed and it's just like, Oh my God. Before, before they did come out with the like safe version of uh, Deadpool, yeah, I did when I got it finally. When I got the first Deadpool movie on Blu-ray, I went through it and I wrote down the chapters where all the bad stuff was, so yeah. I knew where to just quickly jump forward. <laughs> and I did that with my kids, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because I mean they were really young, but you know, my son was like, I mean, uh, him and I like started reading comics together at like three, four years old. So yeah, yeah. You know, and so here's this bigger than life comic movie and he's like i can't see it and i'm like no nah, you know what you can you know i just don't need you seeing the part where he's pulling out dildos and stuff yet you know <laughs> like let me wait yeah. till you're at least in, in double digits <laughs> <Yeah>. so it's like <laughs> i get that but you know and this is a different day and age it really is. They have everything at their fingertips. So if we hide, like true, we yeah. can't hide things from them. Yeah. It's yeah. more, I'd rather know what they know than, you know, be like that. And I'm just super open with my kids. It's absolutely, you know, just, yeah. just have the conversations and, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to hinder them at all. You know, I'm going to show them, tell them what I believe is right or wrong. And, and, you know, they're going to get exposed to things. I'd rather they were exposed to them through me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, under the belief that to be, we had to be honest with our kids, my wife and I, and like any question that they, they ask, we're going to answer to the best of our abilities. And when it comes to what do you believe, 
I tell them this is what I believe, but y- you're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Right. Yeah. Uh, we've never been one to say this is what you have to believe, but, you know, and then hopefully we lead by example with, you know, with certain things. And uh, story of proud dad time when... You, do you remember a couple of years ago after the Parkland shooting where all, everybody like walked out of their schools and stuff? Yeah. Well, my they were having a walkout in my son's school, and he was in third grade at the time or fourth grade. He was the only kid in the entire school to walk out, and like the teacher came teacher came up to me when I picked him up from school and was just like, he was the only kid that came out and like he knew what was going on and like he. He, you know, and, and I was just like, oh, my God. And he's, he's just like, did you tell him anything? And I was just like, not really. We just, I mean, he asked me questions and we talked about it, but I didn't tell him to walk out and I didn't tell him to do what he did. And like, I was just like, OK, you know, I'm just like, we're obviously doing something right, you know. Exactly. So, um, yeah, like we've always been those type of parents, but um it's weird trying to grasp. See, with you, it's like you had a single single mom uh, with multiple kids. It's you know, it's different. Like with my mom and my stepfather, where my stepfather was the one leading the charge for all this, and like and like, but it's it's really, it's interesting to hear it from a different perspective of you know of what. It's like without that, you know, Bible thumping stepfather in the background. Yeah, no, so. no, definitely. I mean, I had the Bible thumping um, men at church, and I always had oh, an yeah. issue with uh, them yeah. for sure. You uh-huh. know, and um, I I bumped a lot of heads throughout the days. I mean, as you know, the second I turned eighteen, I got a tattoo. Yeah. I mean, I was out of high school early because. I had a learning disability. They discovered it too late. They said I was going to have to like, I wouldn't graduate on time anyway. <clears throat> My mom was struggling financially. So I was like, screw this. I'm going to, I'm just going to work and I'm going to play in a band. And yeah. I was on my first <laughs> tour at 17 years old. Um, I was in a band called Scarab and, uh, you know, music was my passion at that point. I was fully engulfed in the hardcore scene and the punk rock scene and, you know, now my mom kind of knew she like left, uh, didn't have the full grip on me. But when I was getting the first tattoo, she was like, you didn't even give me a problem most of your life growing up. How am I going to fight you on this? But I don't want to see it. God doesn't <laughs> like it. Da, 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 you know, so I kind of had to deal with that. And then I was out of my house by 18 and I never moved back in. And, and that really allowed me to start really just exhaling and, and living yeah. my life. Yeah. But then there were times in my life where I'd hit struggles and I would, I would, st- the guilt would settle in and I'm like, is it because I left the church? And then I would go back to mm-hmm. church and then I would not be doing the things I wanted to. And I would be, you know, suffering for it later in life. And I'd get back into that. Now there were aspects of the church that I did love. I loved working with, with younger kids, with the youth because, yeah. you know, a lot of these kids were, you know, dealing with bad stuff at school or from broken homes. And some people come to it because they need something. And I, I loved being there for them. And, but at one point, you know, 
when a certain pastor had said to me, you know, with my tattoos that I didn't take his course. So I couldn't work with the youth anymore. Meanwhile, some of these kids I had known for over a decade. I knew yeah. that I know their parents. I know they know my parents. Um, I was picking them up and driving them places. I was taking them to their baseball practices because their dads weren't around, you know, doing whatever I could do. And but because I didn't take a course and he didn't certify me, I couldn't work and do that anymore. And then he would kind of question me about my tattoos. And, you know, at one point I finally said to him, I said, listen, I said, you could walk. You couldn't you would get robbed if you went to the Lower East Side of Manhattan in your suit with your righteous chest puffed out. I said, I could walk into a group of kids shooting smack and they wouldn't even pass a blind eye. And I've got a better chance at helping out those kids that need something than you ever will. You know, so I was like, you can judge me all you want, but I, I could reach more people than you can. And to be honest with you, even when I'm not preaching them the word of God, I am probably physically emotionally and sometimes financially helping people more than you ever would more than you ever would. And that was, you know, when I, I broke away and then years went by in my life. I had kids, I was married and then I got back into the church again because I there was maybe some little struggles in my life and a friend of mine from my Christian school started another church and this church was different. You know, the pastor was like a pro wrestler. He he had tattoos. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. was a good guy. Still is a good guy. You know, but I got involved again, and it was my last hurrah at it. And I was already struggling with if I believed it or not. And I was ta- back and forth with it for so long. I mean, I'm covered in tattoos. I have religious, quote unquote, religious tattoos. You know? Yeah, yeah. And. uh while I was so engulfed in the church, my marriage fell apart. Um, there were certain things that my ex-wife was doing that I was unaware of. I won't get into detail, but let's just say that things fell apart hard. While I was, quote-unquote, yeah. focusing on God, all that stuff happened. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm just done. Yeah. It, it, it has it. just it has stopped me from being me for so long. And... The church I was in was also a very different church. Um, like they didn't believe in the in the second coming, like the rapture. Um, okay. You know, so they dove <laughs> very deeply into translating actual um, scripture. And, you know, they're saying, hey, the second coming of Christ was when he rose from the dead. You know, and they were talking and, you know, they were diving into a lot of stuff in Revelation where certain things were written to certain churches to certain uh areas of the world and and you know you're taking that translation too literal and then in my studies because i've read the bible so many times i i even was starting to dis disprove the whole concept of hell because yeah you know it actually when they're talking about this lake of fire it was actual an actual lake of fire that they were burning bodies in of non-believers. Uh, no, yeah. of believers. Um, you know, this is like, 
the whole thing was just crazy. And then I, and then I started like putting two and two together. And I said, all right, so this scripture says no man, you know, has, you know, everlasting, you can only have everlasting life through Jesus. Okay. But then you're going to tell me that I can have the other person who's not paying attention and is not going to do what you say can have everlasting life in hell. You, but this scripture said there is no everlasting life unless it's through him. So, an everlasting life in hell is still everlasting, everlasting yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, you're not, that's not making any sense. There's too yeah. much stuff that's not making sense. So they're ridiculing me about my tattoos. Because one scripture said you should not mark your body. Well, the next scripture after that says you shouldn't wear clothing of mixed blends. And it also yeah. says you shouldn't eat fruit that falls from the tree that you're supposed to leave it for the less fortunate. So if you're if you're at Trader Joe's buying an apple and if you don't know if that apple fell from the tree or it was picked off the tree, that's the same sin as the person wearing a 50-50 cotton polyester shirt and the same sin as the guy getting the tattoo. So so you can do two of those but point fingers at me for one of them. So you're yeah. just going to pick and choose some stuff written well, a long time ago that was poorly translated. Yeah, well, that's what a lot of it is. And, and then I'm sure they'd be able to justify their viewpoint based on, uh, you know, Jesus coming to fulfill certain uh, laws and not other, and, and because he was that law or whatever the translation is. It's whatever uh, fits their agenda. Yeah, I've, I went through the same thing with tattoos and, uh, you know, my mother was under the belief that you couldn't get one if you were saved or, you know, and she talked to me a couple of weeks ago about getting a, getting one for herself of a, like a Dallas Cowboys star. And I'm just like, yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now, now my mom doesn't give me a problem about the tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. She talks to my friends about them, but. But then again, you know, there's still a lot of things that has hindered her life because of her continually following and her beliefs in it. That's now hurting her life. And here I am Mm -hmm. as an adult, as she's winding her life down where I'm like, wow, I'm eventually going to have to pick up your pieces and take care of you because you let this thing run your life. Yep. And that's a a hard, that's a hard stance. You know, yeah. I've, I, yeah, I've seen my mom push so many people out of her own life based on faith that now she's alone in a senior living apartment complex. And it's like, and, but she's still holding on to it and she still goes to church. It's like a community thing, but still it's like, you do like, you don't have anything. Like I can't even name five friends that you have and mother yeah. my, my mother and my stepfather's house burnt to the ground over a decade ago about a decade ago more yeah. than that actually now and all these people who she's helped her entire life do you think any of them helped her rebuild no that's no. yeah that yeah. house is still not rebuilt yeah and she refuses to sell it because she thinks that God's going to provide and eventually they'll get it built. And it's a, this big house that they're going to be able to, to minister to people in. And nobody that she ever helped really came to help her. 
throughout yeah. it all. You know, yeah. maybe maybe a tank of gas here or there. But nothing substantial that's going to, you know, from an organization that, you know, you've given so much to. None. The, you know, they literally, you know, it's like some of these people organize, you know, going to third world countries and building uh, yeah. shelters for these people, but they couldn't build a, a home in upstate New York uh, for a woman that's dedicated her entire life to the church. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, yep. There's, <laughs> there, there, I've seen this happen more than once to, you know, to a number of people that have spent their entire life sitting in that pew, you know, giving to this organization that is going to eventually leave them behind. Um, yeah, and I tell you I what, you, what you, you, you want to get this country out of debt, start taxing the churches. Yeah, yeah we'd be absolutely. Out, we'd be out of debt in six months. Yep, and and billionaires, which should be nice too. But oh yeah, I'll totally. take one or the other. You know, at this but, point, but if give me one or the other. But if we're other. just talking, you know, I mean, come on, is, is, is that the biggest like, you know, money, corruption money making that there's scene. ever? Yeah, yes. The, oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, yeah. so like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna start that that Church of Marvel comics, <laughs> and and I'm gonna make a killing. <laughs> I I will sign on to one of the Patreon levels for you. Excellent. So one of the reasons, uh, one of the things that I wanted to discuss is uh, we had talked about a certain topic, if you wanted to discuss one, and, and something that came up was how you've seen the church, if I, if I got this wrong, correct me, but how you've seen the church over the last five or so years change or not change. Is, am I correct with that? Yeah. Okay. And and what do you do you see a change uh for the good for the bad? Do you do you what have you seen over the last couple of years that has brought you to some sort of epiphany? Um you know, for me it was not only what it internally did um damaging in my life uh mm-hmm. with blinding me from doing so many things and facing so many things. But now what it's done to our country. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, hopefully there's people listening to this podcast from all countries. But, you know, what it's what it's done to America has, you know, really caused the biggest divide um, probably, you know, since the, the Civil War. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, for some. Well, even this, <laughs> you could still even tie the church back into that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the church has been enslaving people way longer, and yeah. and, and slaughtering, uh, in entire towns. And I mean, there there is more death on on the hands of quote unquote Christianity than there is under any other religion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but they're just gonna go. Oh, these these Islamics, you know, like yeah. I'm like okay, because so because that guy used a bomb, it's okay. But because you guys said that you were gonna fight this war in God's name and you were slaughtering thousands of people, it was totally fine. But this guy blew up a car, um, and and, and your sins totally fine. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not justifying any of it, but it's just it's just an insane double standard. Uh, you know. So what it's done to this country in the support of Donald Trump is unbelievable. I mean, I don't I I don't think I could find a worse 
uh, representation of of a like Christian man than Donald Trump was, yeah, uh, or I... is, and it blows my mind that a man that supports racism, a man that talks down about women, that has is a known sexual assaulter of women, you're like, oh, but you know what? He prayed. Like, you yeah. know, but, but he prayed with this guy and it's, and it's okay. And yeah, let, and let's down. get these Mexicans out of here. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. we don't even belong here. And you're, you know, I mean, yeah. my, my, my grandfather wasn't even born in this country. You know, he was born mm-hmm. in Italy. So it just blows my mind that, you know, again, I can give the best representation because it's the closest to me. You know, my mother is again, a woman who marched on Washington with Martin Luther King is going to sit here and support an outward racist, uh, a woman that, you know, is supposed to be just such a strong, godly woman of, of God and empowering women is going to sit here and support this man putting down women. And yeah. then you're going to, yeah. you're going to say, Oh, well, it's because of abortion or it's because of this, or it's because of that. And it, it was like literally, I mean, I, I had already lost my faith and given up. And this was the last thing to make me feel like I made the right decision in yeah. what I believe. Yeah. This yeah. put the icing on the walk away cake for me. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I won't tell my mother that because, I'd, you know, she she knows, but... It's divided us. I mean, I had to delete her from social media. Um, yeah. I, you know, we had the first fight we ever really, really had, you know, like a few years ago on Thanksgiving to the point where I left and didn't talk to her for months. And that's never happened. I was so close with my mom. I was her yeah. firstborn. Um, you know, she's always was the pers- first person I called about everything in my life. And I was so close with her. But her continually holding on to that and making me feel like I had to make certain decisions and do things a certain way. And when I didn't, it was a disappointment to her. And, you know, the, the still the droplets of like, well, I don't want you to be in hell. Like, when does yeah. that stop? Yeah. When am I yeah. when am I more important to you than this imaginary story that you have? And. And this thing that you can't even see, like I'm here, I'm tangible. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. hug I, me, I, you can talk to me, you can love on me. <laughs> you know, where is that? And you know what? Some people need it. And you know, is there a higher power? Is there something else? There probably is. But do I now feel that because I don't believe in? this whole Jesus movement that I'm going to close my eyes one day when I die and all of a sudden wake up in a lake of fire. I don't believe that. Cause yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, I also yeah, don't yeah. believe that this God that they preach so much about and this man that created us who loves us would even let us burn in that. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a, that's a debate I've been having with myself a lot lately of that type of be, because in the in the end according to the Bible and and if you go by the interpretation that there is an eternal hell that 
the relationship that you'd have with with this god is so abusive and so psychologically damning that it's that it's not pure at all and it's not it's not what everybody says it is because you know that's like saying to your kid either you do what i tell you to do your entire life or you can't spend time with me you know it's like it doesn't it's such a weird dynamic that's set up in this relationship that we're told to have that that when people tell me that like god is love and like god wouldn't like when people say to me like god loves lgbtq members and everything like that in my head i'm just like i'm not down with that because you know according to the way i was brought up in 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 was the book that i read you are going to hell according to this not according to me because i don't think you are i'm saying by this book if you don't live by what this says and that includes whatever interpretation that they have that they're jamming down your throat you are not going to the place that you think you're going and but that's not what i believe you know i'm just saying that uh, i'm i'm having a hard time when people are trying to adjust their their interpretation of the Bible to fit some sort of faith, because that's not really any different from somebody else sitting down saying, except that you're not hurting anyone, you know, which is a big distinction. But like the same point, it's like you're trying to, you're trying to reconcile your faith based on what you want to believe. And that's cool. I'm so down with that. But according to this Bible, this book, it's not working out like that. Yeah, and, and think about it. If if God, if we did to our children what God does to us, social yeah. services would take our children away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't like your friends. I'm going to murder them all. Right. <laughs> we know? would go. We would, we would go to prison. Yeah. You know, so the amount of like um, double standards and things that just don't make sense throughout it. I mean. Yeah. I mean, even and, e- even the fact that they've like picked and choose what books we can even read. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. the Book of Mary got ripped out of the Bible because yeah. they were like, "Well, we don't want people to worship Mary." So Catholics went and worshipped her, worshipped her anyway. So you're, yeah, you're gonna say that? Oh well, but she wrote it. God didn't. Well, God didn't have a hand, so he didn't write any of this stuff. So like. Who are you to tell what was inspired and what wasn't, you know, yeah. and all yeah, the stuff a, that yeah. talked about, you know, like the book of Enoch and all that stuff, like any of the good stuff that probably would have been fun to read. It got ripped out to, to fit their agenda. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're already saying that you have this roadmap that you've ripped certain pages out of um, and you've, again, to mold what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and and then you're going to point out how the other religions are wrong when they all have the same like underlining basis. It's just yeah. a different man's name and a different time frame. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I and I I'm realizing that the my experience, your experience of growing up in the evangelical church is no different than somebody that grew up in the Mormon church. Um, it's the same system. It's just a different, it's just a different blue, uh, blueprint on how to, how to work it, you know? 
So, so that brings up another contradiction with me is like, you're thinking like, I'm thinking that, you know, you're, you know, God is not loving you, but at the same time, what you're, what you're being taught is from a book that's put together by people that had an agenda to begin with. So for me to say that you're wrong is wrong on my part because there is no right because it's all decided by people's own agendas and not by what was actually written. And, you know, so don't take, if any listeners are taking that out there, that I'm saying that if you're LGBTQ and trying to reconcile your faith with it, I'm, don't listen to me. I'm just going based off of like what I was brought up to believe and trying to match that to what other people are saying. So this is all a journey. (laughs) I have, you know, I have a family member who has very strong faith, who is a lesbian and who deals with, you know, bouncing in and out of churches that say they're okay with it. Um, and sometimes it kills me that she's still holding on to it because it's, it's given her, it only gives her hurt and pain. Um, I I know my oldest sibling is transgendered. I mean, my love for the gay and the trans community is is huge uh yeah like people that that have been tossed out by the church and by just the everyday norm it just it it kills me yeah they 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 are they are flesh and blood and soul just as we are um you know and 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 again the the whole thing in the bible is that like all sin is sin so their their over judgmentalness on on who someone chooses to love but they'll curse behind closed doors it's the same sin so yeah. so yeah. why are they pushed away and why are they disgusting and why is all that when you're doing all this stuff behind closed doors if not worse i mean yeah. it's just <laughs> it's it's insane and and I know really, really, really smart people that believe it. And I know people that are still involved in the church that I know for a fact are homosexual yeah. and, and miserable because they yeah. cannot go and live out their life. And they will never find someone to love. They're going to die alone. They are not going to know passion. They are not going to know romance. And it breaks my fucking heart. Yeah, I yeah. You know, and and and, and it's it's really sad to me. Uh, you know, I I'm going to love my kids no matter what they choose. I'm going to love my friends no matter what they choose, and I'll choose them over over the church and this God all day every day because you know what? If Jesus was real and Jesus is real, that is exactly how he would be. Yeah. Yeah. And we we he judged nobody. You're yeah. all spending your days judging, saying that you shouldn't judge. Well, here's the thing. We we're talking about this on our WWJD episode that we had just recorded. But Jesus only went after the people within the religious system of, of his day. So he kicked over the money tables and went nuts over that. And he went after the Pharisees and the people in the religious institutions that were that were that were uh you know looking down on the on the poor people of society so there 
what you're doing is exactly what Jesus would have done. And the only time Jesus showed anger was in, in frustration was against the religious institution and against what they were holding up. And um, you went and created this institution that yes. is is beyond worse than what was going on then. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's such a tough it's so tough to like see someone struggle like that when it comes especially when it comes to you know loving someone and 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 being accepted just to love just to have love for someone and it's I admire those people because they have so much more mental uh strength than I do to be able to still stick with it um and and for me it took me moving away you know halfway across the country to start finding myself you know in my early 20s um so and it stunted a lot of the personal growth that uh that I would have experienced younger yet a younger age um so like even now at 40 I'm still learning to do things and learning how to socialize and learning how to you know feel feel okay during the day without worrying if I'm going to have salvation in the morning and stuff like that so uh it's it doesn't stop so it's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because those feelings of of like the salvation anxiety is still there even when you're 20 years away from the church if not more you know and it's something that we shouldn't have and I'm glad that my kids aren't going to have it hopefully you yeah. know <laughs> you know cuz it's not something that they need in their life so yeah but i uh you, you know it's it's one of those things too where i i think about you know again like like the fear factor um and just people that are like how are you how are you living free living in fear yeah yeah you're not like those yeah. two things can't happen together yeah. yeah you know that's oil and water you can you cannot mix those two things to you know so it's this contradiction like be free like live in your free i'm like well where is the free because it's 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 oppression 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 yeah fear fear and fear and and that's like it, it's like unhealthy in in so it many really ways, <laughs> you know. And it doesn't mean that because you don't believe that you're a bad person. Because I, again, I I know some amazing people. I mean, I'm not I'm not perfect, but I'm the first one there if someone needs me, and that has yeah. nothing to do yeah. with yeah. Uh, because I have Christ, you know. Because I don't, I have me. And I have what I've learned and I've, I have, um, you know, supportive people around me now. I have, you know, uh, someone that I love that doesn't judge me and that, you know, also, yeah. you know, she grew up in, you know, in like a Catholic school and she, you know, had those things. So, so together we both kind of like understand the, the fear that we were left in and mm -hmm. the, and the, the, you know, outcasts that we were made out to be, uh, you know, but we, I, I've never been more like free and happy with who I am 
when yeah. I've when I'm yeah. not feeling like I'm being judged and then judging myself based on quote unquote scripture. Yeah. Um yeah. I you know, it's it took me into my into my forties and just before my forties to really finally feel that. Like I'm finally living a free life. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's not a like I'm not like going out and doing drugs and like <laughs> you know <laughs> shooting people and banging hookers like you're no, just being I'm a good like, dude and yeah, just living your life it. you know I'm being yeah, a good yeah. dude I'm happy I don't judge anyone I've got my gay friends my straight friends my you know my muslim friends my atheist <laughs> friends my catholic yep, friends yep. I don't care you yep. know like I'll battle you more about what bands you like than what your religion or sexual orientation is. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I, some of the, you don't need a church, a religion, any type of book to teach you how to lead a good life, like a, to be a good person. And that's a, that's a myth that's been pushed around for centuries that you somehow need christianity to to be a good person yeah, when if you're, if you're only doing good because you're scared of burning in hell or because this book is told you that you have to do it and it's not genuine yeah. then it means yeah. nothing it's, oh, absolutely. it's empty yeah yeah and some of the best people i've i would i would argue that the overwhelming majority of good people that i've met people that actually i can count on depend on are don't have any faith associated with them whatsoever. Um, so it's, and even my kids, like we're teaching them how to be good people. Just, you know, you want to respect other people's boundaries and you need to be vocal about yours. And, you know, and I think you can live a good life just by doing those two things, you know? And that's um, the thing. It's so, like, now I don't believe the same as these people, but am I going to call up my friends and still go to church and be like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. No, no, no. That's not what I do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's not who I am, you know? And yeah. that's not how I want to live my life. And so, yeah. I, so I don't, you know, and I'll, is, I'll sleep, I'll sleep good at night knowing that. And you yeah. Know? Yeah. Which is the complete opposite of what, we were taught to believe growing up is like just judgment, judgment, judgment on people that don't subscribe to your faith and, and that, you know, anybody outside of that world is not, is not pure enough to go to your heaven and like living that now. It's like, it feels like I see somebody like my mom doing that still to this age, you know, in, into her seventies. And I'm like, that makes me feel so disgusting, like me looking at somebody and coming across like that type of judgment just on how they like they swore once or, you know, <laughs> you know, or they don't watch the same movies I watch or TV shows that I watch, you know. So it's 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 interesting. And it's it's such a sad existence that I'm glad I'm not going to live when I'm older. So. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like like I said, I have religious tattoos. I have like a big, like crazy artistic looking, you know, traditional style Jesus tattooed on my arm. Um, I have the word faith tattooed across my stomach. I have the word hope on my neck. And you know what? These are still like, these are still tangible words and beliefs. Yeah. You know, and I, I have, I have hope. I have hope in humanity. 
I have faith because I do, I do believe in people. I don't believe yeah. Yeah. that God is what makes those people that pe those people, you know, and Hey, you know what? If, if anything, what I look at for Jesus Christ and if, you know, who he was as, as a person, um, a, from a historical standpoint, seemed like he was a good dude. And, yeah, and, yeah, you know, like it. <laughs> and, you know, he did some good. So if there's anything that I'm going to live by and, and, and then I look up to, and, you know, I love like old cheesy, like churchy religious artwork is really cool to me, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and so like, I look at that stuff and I say to myself, like, all right, you know what? I want to be the kind of guy that would be willing to die for the people that I love. So kudos yeah. to you, bro. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> praying to you. I don't believe you're the only way to have life. I don't, I'm not following this book. Yeah. But that's, that's a, a uh, that's a stance you, you quote unquote took. I respect that. And that is, you know, that is something to strive to be the kind of guy that, that would lay down himself for somebody else. And that's what everybody should try to be like, you know, yeah. like if, if you're that person, then you're awesome. You know, like, you know, if, it, if, a, you know, a, guy jumps in front of a bullet for someone that person's a great person so i'm like all right cool you know like hey hey thanks hey, thanks for dying for everybody i mean i don't think you really did it or had to but you know what i mean like as the story goes you'd be a pretty cool guy and i'd definitely buy you a beer yeah you would be the cool guy in the you'd, you'd be the hero in the story that you know all of us strive to be uh you know your uh i forget the name of the guy from lord of the rings that Strider, but I don't remember his his actual name. Yeah. Anyway, I gotta edit that out because now I now I look stupid. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess uh, one thing I had to I wanted to ask you. So let's say, what do you say to somebody that would say, "Well, what do you want? Who do you want me to vote for if it's not Donald Trump?" Because that's the question I got from Christians. Uh, because they're not going to vote. They're going to vote for anybody that has the R by their name. But what do you say to somebody that says, well, because it could possibly he could be running in 2024 again. And, you know, so what would you He's say? He's lived by the the lesser of two evils. Because I don't think there is a proper candidate. I don't think the system is well, set up yeah, for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't believe in Republican. I don't believe in Democratic. I yeah. think I, you know, I'm just trying to teach my kids that there's not two parties. Maybe yeah, when they're absolutely. maybe when yeah. they're old enough, they can really boil it down um, and break it down to that. Because you know, it always just comes down to this the stupid abortion argument. Yeah, it's it's always it, the one Trump card, no pun intended, that they try to drop when I'm having those discussions. Mm -hmm. Now, guess what? We've had a bunch of Republican presidents, okay? Is there still abortion? Yeah. 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 So that's clearly not the thing that's going to stop it. Yeah. I'm always like, I, put your focus into, you know, uh, better sexual education. Put it... Be be a be a parent that speaks to your daughter and your son about sex and and about what happens and kids and this that and the other thing. Do those. Well, those things. are logical arguments. What are you talking about? Those yeah. are those are logical things. Do those things <laughs> and then look at the other things that the bigger things that are that are yeah. going on that are that are mattering. 
the yeah. you know if you're a parent who who's got the biggest stance on education because I think that should be your damn worry um mm-hmm. okay so you're telling me collectively your family makes $80,000 a year okay and you're living in an area where that puts you in the way lower tier okay you know why are you idolizing this millionaire who kept losing his money and like, what is that going to do for you? How does he understand you at all? What, you know, you have to start looking outside of, of the box and outside of the, the one or two topics and really dive. Cause you're just, you're being a sheep. That's all you're being. Yeah. And you're you're being led to slaughter because it's, it, you know, all the stuff is out there and they're like, oh, it's, it's, you know, and again, it's the sidestep. It's, oh, well, it's, that's not real. That's fake news. That's this, that's this. That's, uh, yeah, that's what it's, I was going to say. Yeah. You know, do your research and, and, <laughs> and, and actually <laughs> look. Good faith. Yeah. You got to do it in good faith, though, because doing your own research now is like a cop out for, I don't want to reveal my sources. So you have to do it in good faith. And be able to believe what what, because it's an undeniable truth that this guy is a scumbag, and you know when you the one argument that actually lost me one of my friends that for like twenty of twenty years was after Trump got elected the first time, uh, well the only time, but we had a we had a dis- discussion where I said that. If you're a Christian and you voted for this guy, you're an absolute hypocrite. And she said, well, what am I going to do? Vote for vote for Hillary? And I was like, absolutely not. I never said that. I never said that you had to vote for her either. And like, I would have more respect for for Christians and the Christian right if they just didn't either vote at all or if they would have written somebody in collectively. Right. Like that, absolutely. That, and, and like as a protest in an actual... But and I understand that Hillary Clinton is a, is her own monster, yes. and I do not support her at all. But nope, at the same, same time, I have to. I had to look at the absolute moral dilemma in that situation and choose the lesser of two evils. Um, and I did it again, and you know, a couple of years ago, you know, or two years ago, or whatever it was. And it sucks, but there's there's got to be a point in time where. You know, and it's just not orange man bad. It's no, I I, just, to, I, I had to. I was voting for whoever was on the opposite side of Trump on the second. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, there was yeah. no way I could I could sleep at night if I chose to vote nothing and yeah. and see these disgusting displays of hatred mm-hmm. in my neighborhood on a nonstop basis. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the. The yelling, the screaming, the, I mean, it was, it's just unbelievable. It, mm-hmm. I, I have yeah. never seen such insane displays of, of disgust in my life. And, yeah. you know, it was, it, it brought all the racists forward, all the ones that were hiding in the closet. So if anything, thank you, Donald, for letting me figure <laughs> out how to cut certain it people out of It exposed a life. lot of people. Yep. yep. It did. Yeah. Um, it really did. Yeah. And you're right because uh, on this one it was a little bit easier for me to to make the vote against the the you know with Hillary, but then again I'm also like man as 
as a as a hardcore punk rock kid too, we all should have band together and just wrote in Bernie Sanders. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, uh, I, yeah, yeah. I five get it. or so uh, six years ago, because yeah. <laughs> that's probably the first person that I ever felt that I would actually stand behind from uh, from you know a political standpoint because I think politics is BS. I, yeah. I the electoral college is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it needs to go away. The parties system needs to go away. Needs it all away. needs to go away. Everyone's we like, need oh, well, proportional you, representation. You, they're like, oh no, <laughs> but you need you need money to run. I'm like, no, you don't. You need social media. That asshole proved yep. it. Yep, you don't need money. You do not yeah. need money. It is free to sign up for Twitter. Yep, absolutely. it is free to sign up for Facebook. Um, so that whole thing is just BS. Um, yeah. you know anybody could you know fly commercial or take a bus to if you want to go have a rally somewhere you know uh, i i just i don't want to hear it i don't you don't need the money of the political party anymore like all of this is just smoke and mirrors and yeah. and you know i'm always i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i am i'm also like the strings are getting pulled beyond these people it, they they almost don't even make they're they're just the the front face of it so donald trump was the front face of of hate and racism oh and, yeah yeah and everything else and and that's where as christians if you stood behind it that was the problem because yeah, there were yeah. way there were you know okay so let's weigh the sins okay uh abortion i'm not gonna vote for a democrat but i will support racism i will support sexism i will support yeah. all these other things i will support rape i will so su- yeah yeah so yeah. i'm like all right if you know, because <laughs> it's yeah. not even that they were saying, well, I just have to. I don't support him. No, they were like worshiping him. They dug in. Yep. They dug in. And then in the next election, they dug in even more, which just. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and I had one of the biggest sighs of relief when he wasn't going to be there anymore. And I know he's not going to go away. He's he's that stain that's never going to come out of the T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, it comes to the point where I, I won't fly an American flag. I won't wear an American flag. I, I'm not proud of the place that I live and the place that yeah. I was born. And it's sad that it is almost made that I see that flag. And you know what I see? I see a swastika. I see yeah. a, yeah. uh, you know, uh, all the just I just see bad and disgust and I like it sucks because I want to be like I want to like have some kind of movement be like take the flag back you know but <laughs> because it pisses me off that I literally have to be like embarrassed of this thing yeah 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 no I hear you I I completely understand I it's it, it's yeah and coming back to just the discussion of Christianity, that's everything so wrapped up together that it's it's hard to distinguish one from the other now, especially if you're looking from the outside. Um, I can see, if, especially if you're from another country, um, and you see these quote-unquote Christians dig in harder and harder every day and still say that they're Christians, you know, when they're storming a capital or supporting candidates that are just total opposites of, of what Christ would have 
wanted somebody to be. And all politicians are shitbags. I'm not saying, you know, it's and it's it just goes back to the further to further the point of WWJD of of, you know, he wouldn't support X candidate, but he would also run somebody that was a representation of him and not somebody that was just against abortion. You know, somebody that was was for helping the poor and the homeless and, you know, drug addiction and, and so on and so forth, you know. So it's uh, bringing people together, not dividing yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Because Donald Which Trump wanted big... to divide people. Yeah. I mean, if there's no more stance than, than a wall. I mean, come on. Yeah. The, yeah. the guy ran on build a wall and then didn't even build a wall. And you're <laughs> still up his ass. Yep. Yeah. You yeah, know, I it's just uh, there. There's not one thing that that he said that he was gonna do that, you know, to to benefit your life that actually benefited your life, except for make you a, a complete utter embarrassment. Got the Supreme Court justices on the court, so we will. I'm sure next, I think June, when those uh, abortion cases come out, we will have something going on in this nation. Depending on how they how they rule, um, it could be very bad. I don't think we're out of the woods. I I mean I I still think we're more so headed, or like headed to like a civil war and you know police states and all this other stuff. Yeah. You know, like it's calm right now, but there are some but there are some people making some plans, and I'm like, oh, yep. man, I yeah, yeah. Don't want yeah. to. At least my kids will be a little bit older then. I don't know. You know, like. My fear is more so for them and this future that they're, you know, going to have. Uh, yeah. You know, so and, that's and why I just have to make them the best little humans as possible. You know, they're 10 and 14 and. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in and, 15 and, years, they're going to be running this show. And yeah. I, I, God willing, I was, you know, and I think there is going to be a shift because I, I, I'm seeing it in the aspect of like the. People ten years younger than us are making a yeah. a, a muck of all this. Okay. Yeah. But luckily we're we since we are not those people, we're we're raising not those people. Yeah. So there the tide is gonna shift in you know, in, in fifteen years, I, I, I do believe. Uh, or I hope and I pray that there is you're gonna be that, <laughs> you know, because we're giving the them these morals and these things that we've learned and, you know, guys like us that have been through all of it and seen both sides of this fence. Now we can really instill that in them. And, you know, granted there's all those other people, Trump supporters that are raising little Trumpies, but you know what? Some of those kids are going to have daddy issues and going to be like, daddy wanted to vote for Trump. I don't want to be anything that he is because those kids are going to grow up one day and have a struggle in life and are going to realize how wrong their parents were. Yeah, I th- I think so. I think there's going to be that would be an interesting for like a psychologist to dive into that now of like what those kids are going to turn out, like what the what the science is going to say of of how those kids turned out in 20, 30 years from now. So, yeah, I'm very interested in that. But yeah, I think I think you're doing a good job raising, raising your, your kids. kids. Um oh, thank you. Uh yeah, I think there's uh I think there's hope in the youth. Um, I see these kids more accepting and tolerant of other people. Um, and yeah, my, my, that... my, my kids are wearing pride stuff all month this month yeah. and they're, yeah. you know, and they just, 
you know, they, they, if a kid uses the word faggot at school, they jump right down that kid's yep. throat. Yep. You know, my, my that son that got was in trouble around all the time. When yeah. Yeah. Kid. When we were yeah. younger, forget it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, my, yeah. my son got in trouble for calling a kid a homophobe because, and they, they were like, I can't believe Elvis said that. And I'm like, can you, good for him. Can you look and figure out why he needed to say it? He needed to yeah, say it absolutely. because there, because there were homophobic things being said. Yeah. So, it's amazing that that he, the target was he said that, and I'm like, what made him say it though? Like, yeah. why are yeah. you not addressing that? You know, and yeah. and that's you know the struggle I have. I mean, you know, teachers and principals do not want me walking into their room to defend <laughs> my children. Because yeah, I was way worse than, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I've been through it all, and you know what? I'm gonna support my kids to the T. I tell you what, if, yeah. if if somebody's beating up a, a kid and calling him a faggot and shoving him in his locker, and my son knocks him out, I'm gonna support my son all day oh, for that. Absolutely, all yeah. Day if that ever happens, I, I've already told both of my kids if something like that happens and you get in trouble, I'm going to serve that punishment with you because that's not right and you did the right thing and um yeah, yeah i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna stand yeah. behind what's right not what's Absolutely. being shoved down their throats the yeah. same way as religion yeah. did and and everything mm-hmm. else and that's what's going to make them good humans yes well i think that's where we can end it and i appreciate you being here with me um it was well, a great conversation and and i'm definitely going to have you back because i'm sure there's other topics that we can discuss and you're you're an easy guy to talk to yeah i so, can't wait to, uh, <laughs> I, you need to, I, I can't wait till you watch rocks primal scream and give me a call <laughs> i i'm going to look it up and try to find it i'm and, almost 100 percent uh, positive it's all over youtube if you find it uh text it to me or message it to me and uh, i will watch it yeah it, it's funny how you know well you know worlds come together so this is like you know the third podcast we've been on together but but different ones and this yeah, is great yeah i love it and we still haven't discussed your Carmen story, so we're gonna say that for next time. Oh, okay, just be, yeah. Just because one of my uh, the other co-host Donovan is was raised like hardcore on Carmen. Okay, um, yeah, so definitely. he would love to hear that story. I look so, forward to talking I, to them, meeting them, and listening to the other episodes of your podcast for sure. Oh, thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, oh. and, um, yeah, like so, and then you know, all things me. You know, theantoniolongo.com yes. for anyone that's listening and wants to check out what I do outside of this, um, you know, from my music to my own podcast. Um, and, you know, I'm uh, hoping to spawn out to just more things as, uh, as the world is opening up again, you know? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, you, you've been telling me about things that you have in the works and plans and everything, and I'm very excited for you. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. From Chrissy, Donovan, and I, we'd like to thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. Follow us on Instagram at XCOMPod. We have a Facebook group called the X Communication Station. You can follow me on Instagram at ChazXCure or on my other account, 17 underscore seconds. You can also listen to my other podcast, The Holy Hour, where Gavin, Donald, and I talk all things cure-related. You can listen to Donovan's other podcast, Laughing With You, Not At You, that he hosts with his wife, where they talk about raising children and mental health struggles. And I'd like to thank the band Iron Sheik 
for letting us use their song. Those heads are our heads for our intro and outro music. And until next week, keep your head up, always use your voice, and say with me, I like my looks. I like my personality.